In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will start tonight uh, the second uh, half from chapter 24 from the Gospel of uh, St. Luke. the story of the two disciples going to Amoes, the Lord actually appeared to them on the road and he started explaining to them uh, about all the prophecies that were mentioned uh, about him in the Old Testament. And as we read in verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Uh, So, after uh, he finished explaining them all the meaning of the prophecies about the Messiah, the Lord actually uh, pretended or acted as if he might continue uh, to a distant place. Uh, Because he did not want to force his company on the two disciples. That's why he pretended as if he is going to a farther place. As we read in verse 28, then they drew near to the village Amwas, And Amwas, as I said, it is seven miles away from Jerusalem, where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. So, If they did not constrain him, the the Lord would have left them to themselves. Uh, Because the Lord waits for our invitation. He wants to examine our real earnestness that he may abide with us. He does not impose on us or force himself on us. And also, the Lord taught them about all the prophecies of the Messiah. So all this teaching, whether the teaching had an effect on them or not. So the fact that the Lord pretended that he is going farther, this was a test of the effect of his teaching on their hearts. Most probably, they felt a new light flowing in upon their souls. When they heard the meanings of the prophecies, they read the Old Testament before, but it was unclear for them and hard sayings. But now the Lord explained to them all the prophecies pertaining to him in Moses and the prophets. And as I said, 
if they were content to let this stranger, the unknown teacher, to go and see no more of him, he would left them. But as we read later, while he was speaking, their heart was burning within themselves. That's why they did not want this unknown teacher to leave them. So they constrained him. They urged him uh, and invited him to stay and spend the night with them. Yes, until this moment, they did not recognize him. But they invited him to their home to take dinner together and spend the night. Apparently, his conversation with them was so engaging and his teaching and dialogue were so heavenly and instructive, so powerful and moving that they desired more and were exceedingly desirous of his continuance with them, to stay more with them. Even though he was a stranger, until this moment, they considered him a stranger. Verse 30, now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Two church fathers, St. John Chrysostom and St. Augustine, think what the Lord did here is Eucharist. Breaking of the bread is Eucharist. And they made a connection between breaking the bread and the revelation he revealed himself to them as the Lord. And every time we eat from his body and drink from his blood, our eyes are open to the knowledge of the Lord. But most of the church father think that this was not the Eucharist. Because we don't read that also he took a cup and gave them to drink. The St. Luke mentioned only bread. Also, he did not mention when breaking the bread that this is his body. He did not tell them, take, eat, this is my body. That, or drink, this my blood that's shed for you, as he did in the Last Supper. So, most of the church father, they believe that the Lord just blessed the bread as he used to do all the time in every meal, like when he fed the multitude from the five loaves and two fish, he took the bread and blessed it and gave thanks to God, to the Father. But we know here that at the breaking of the bread, their eyes were opened. So now they were able to recognize him. They saw him as the Messiah. 
their doubts were gone and they saw clearly that he is risen and was truly as they had hoped the savior of the people they believed that he is the savior of the people but as soon as their eyes were opened and they knew that he is Jesus he disappeared he left miraculously and both said what was in their heart as we read in verse 32 and they said to one another did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us so while actually he was explaining to them about Moses and the prophet they felt something different their hearts were burning inside them so they shared with one another their hearts burned as they heard him speak and teach uh, and now the work for which he had come to them to explain to them and to reveal to them the reality of his resurrection was done that's why he disappeared from them he had conveyed comfort and insight and had brought them into communion with himself even when they did not know it was Jesus even when they did not believe he was risen from the dead but their heart is still burned because of the ministry of the logos of God ministry of Jesus the living word of God and now after they knew and came to this realization that Jesus rose from the dead as we read in verse 33 so they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon Simon Peter so they did not waste any time maybe they left their meal half finished and it was already dark evening but they had no fear of the night journey it was toward evening when they had arrived to Amwas as I told you they already walked seven miles one way now they were excited that they went seven miles back and probably much faster on the return to share the good news of resurrection with the disciples and while they entered the house the upper room all they thought about is that the eleven must be told at once what has happened but to their surprise maybe even before telling them what happened to them they heard the eleven telling them the Lord is risen and appeared to Simon so these words are not said 
by the two disciples, but by the apostles, the eleven, whom they found gathered in the upper room. And we, we, we can imagine the situation here. These two disciples want to preach resurrection, and these want to share with them the beautiful news also of uh, resurrection. Nobody was able to hold this news. They communicated the good news that they just heard. Maybe it was Peter who told them, the Lord appeared to me. They had mutual confirmation of the resurrection of the Lord. Now the two travelers tell the eleven their marvelous story, as we read in verse 35, and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. The word in breaking of the bread, this word actually are significant to the church fathers who believe it is Eucharist, like St. John, Chrysostom, and St. Augustine. Because this expression, at the time when St. Luke wrote his gospel, breaking of the bread has only one meaning in the Christian church at that time, in the first century. And the one meaning of breaking of the bread is communion, Eucharist, the supper of the Lord. So, this is the aim of God's work in us. He rose from the dead and he wants us to also rise with him. With this resurrected life, we will go back to Jerusalem. These two disciples left Anwas and went back to Jerusalem. When we have the power of resurrection in our life, we will go back to Jerusalem, Jerusalem above the heavenly Jerusalem, which we left when Adam and Eve transgressed against God. We will return now with the resurrection to the city of God, the great King. We go back to Jerusalem above, as we read in Galatians chapter 4, Jerusalem above, heavenly Jerusalem is free, which is the mother of us all. So, with the resurrection, God changes our direction. After we were heading to Amwas, we're giving our back to Jerusalem, now we are making you turn. We are giving our back to Amwas and hitting our faces, our hearts, our thoughts, our minds toward heavenly Jerusalem. Verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. So while the two disciples who came from Amwas were telling the disciples what happened, just as they had finished, Jesus himself stood in the midst. And this account agrees 
with what we read in John chapter 20. But John added that the Lord entered while the doors were shut. They closed the doors because they were afraid of the Jews. And the Lord started by saying, the Lord started by saying, peace to you. This was a normal salutation among the Hebrews, among the Jews, wishing peace and prosperity. But when the Lord says peace to you, especially after his resurrection, it has a new meaning. Meaning means now there is peace between us and God the Father. Now there is peace between man and his brother. Now there is peace between the person and himself. The disciples knew about his resurrection and they were talking to each other about the resurrection. Why when the Lord appeared to them, they were frightened? I think the doors were shut, so the suddenness of his appearance led them to suppose they had seen a spirit. But he gave them his peace and he proceeded further to calm their fear. And he told them in verse 38, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. So, so the Lord told them, why are you troubled? Actually, you should have now a reason to rejoice and be glad because it is me, Jesus. And to affirm them, he showed them his hands and his feet. St. Cyril of Alexandria said, to convince them firmly and absolutely that he is the same one who suffered, he immediately shows that being God by nature, he knows what is hidden. He knows what's hidden in their heart, that there is doubts, still there is doubts, and they were afraid. So he want these uh, thoughts of doubt to escape from them. That's why he displayed his wounded hands and his feet to the disciples. He wanted to establish both his identity, I am Jesus, and his bodily existence. His bodily existence, he's not a spirit. It's not just an appearance. And yes, his body is transformed now, it is the glorious body, but it is the same body he had during the time of crucifixion. 
the same body before the cross, upon the cross, and the same body was that was placed in the tomb. He showed them his wounds, that they might be convinced that he was not a spirit. Spirit doesn't have wounds. And be assured of the truth of his resurrection. And that in the same body, he rose in the same body in which he suffered. By these wounds, they would know that it was the same very Jesus. Also, that they observe how great his love was for them. He endured this suffering and to be wounded in order to save us. So these wounds are the weapons he used to defeat death. So his resurrection, now we know for sure, it is a reality and not just an appearance. Pope Gregory the Great mentioned four justification for these wounds. Number one, to build up his disciples in the faith by means of his resurrection, to confirm his resurrection. Number two, these wounds mean that the Lord is interceding for our redemption and atonement to the Father. St. Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 8 that the Lord is interceding before the Father. Number three, the believers remember his love to them and his mercy. These wounds remind us by his love and his mercy. Number four, these wounds to judge the wicked ones on the great day of the Lord. So, to prove resurrection, to sign of his intercession, a sign of his love, sign of condemnation to the wicked. So the Lord proceeded to give them evidence that he was truly the same person that had been crucified. And uh, he told them even to touch him, handle me, be convinced for you could not touch a spirit. So the reason that he told them, touch me, to convince them that his body had really come to life. He rose with his own body. Verse 41. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled. He said to them, have you any food here? So in spite of all of this, but they were happy to see him. They marveled about maybe how he entered while the doors were closed. What does it mean to rise from the dead? So they believed at the moment, but then thoughts of doubts came to their mind. Their joy was so great, and his appearance was so sudden and unexpected. That's why they were perplexed. And they want actually more evidence in order to believe what they had hoped for for a long time. 
uh, although they were prepared to believe the resurrection by the report of the women who went to the tomb early morning by Simon Peter by the account of the two disciples of Ramones but still they have doubts that's why the Lord did not permit this state of wandering to continue so he changed the current of their thoughts by coming to a region of everyday life which is eating so he asked them in verse 41 uh, have you any food here he said to them have you any food here so they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and some honeycomb and he took took it and ate in their presence so definitely the lord did not eat any food definitely was not hungry but he wanted to give them a further proof that he was not a spirit he is risen from the dead in true and real body fish was was part of common food of the disciples most of them were fishermen and we can see this from the miracles of the 5000 and uh, the miracle of the 4000 even after the resurrection uh, when they went to the sea of tiberias to catch fish also honey we know the land of canaan was described as land flowing with milk and honey so honey was a common uh, diet especially for the poor so he took it and ate in their presence jesus did that to convince the disciple that he had a body and that he is risen and this was one of the proofs appealed to the disciples in in the sermon of peter in acts chapter 10 peter said who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead after he arose from the dead so peter used this eating and drinking with them after resurrection as evidence of his resurrection what he did to help the face of the disciples was exceptional because the glorious body of resurrection doesn't need food and the glorious body of resurrection will not have wounds as san buris kilbushi said even though there is no food or drink after the general resurrection for everyone nor if anyone is wounded there will be a resurrection with this wound yet the lord did so that we believe all of us that the body that suffered and died is the same one that rose from among the dead pope shenouda used to say there is the miracle that the lord performed after his resurrection not that he entered while the doors were shut this is not a miracle for the glorious body of resurrection but the miracle that he ate this was the miracle 
44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. So Jesus reminded them that all had happened just as he said it would happen. Uh, and as he explained to the two disciples of Amwas, now with the eleven, also our Lord leads his disciples to the true method of interpreting the prophecies which foretold uh, the Christ. He started to explain these prophecies to them. Usually, in the early church, they referred to the Old Testament by saying the law of Moses, the prophet, and the Psalms. These are the main three sections of the Old Testament. The prophecies, uh, as well as the symbols relating to the Messiah, are contained in one or other of these books. So, in the Moses, the uh, five books of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, you will find either symbols or prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told them the words, while I was still with you, I was here in the past tense, meaning that the Lord used to refer to his time on earth with his disciples and with the people in past tense. But God always, always is present with us. So when he used the past tense, he was referring to the time of his incarnation. And the 40 days between the resurrection and ascension were not intended to be continuous. It will end by his ascension to heaven. One of the beautiful verses, he helped his disciples by opening their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. It is a good prayer before we read the scripture to ask God to open our understanding to comprehend the scripture. Uh, especially in reference to him. He not only opened their hearts to attend to what he just said to them and the proofs that he gave of his resurrection, but he removed the veil from the eyes of their understanding and gave them a clear comprehension of the secret writing respecting uh, the Messiah, all his life, his death, and his resurrection. Verse 46, then he said to them, like this is a conclusion, a summary. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
So, Christ must suffer. That's a conclusion. Christ must suffer. Christ must rise. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached starting from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses. And you are witnesses of these things. So, verse 46 gives us a conclusion of the conversation uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ with the disciples. So, the essence of the prophecies in the Old Testament is the suffering and resurrection of Christ. Then, preaching in the name of the risen Lord to all nations, repentance unto the remission of sins. So, the Lord wanted them to understand that the cross was not just some unfortunate event that happened to him. No. But it was a necessary part of God's redemptive plan to die on the cross. And in his name, the name of the crucified Lord, the name of the risen Lord, repentance unto remission of sins, will be brought to the whole world. And he told them, you start from Jerusalem. Why from Jerusalem? At least there are four reasons. Number one, it is good to begin near to where we are. It's good to start preaching within our family. It is not reasonable to leave your family away from the church and then you go and preach others. So they were in Jerusalem. And second reason, because many prophecies in the Old Testament speaking that preaching of Messiah start in Jerusalem, like Isaiah 2.3 and Jude 2.32. Also, Jerusalem is the place where the facts of the gospel took place. And the truth of those facts should be tested straight away. Straight away. If the disciples lied about the resurrection while they were in Jerusalem, people will tell them, no, you are, you are lying. We know that you stole his body, for example. And also, the fourth reason, to bring Jewish people, to bring to the Jewish people the gospel first. And he told them, you are witnesses of these things. And this word, the link between the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. You know, Luke wrote two books in the scripture, the Gospel of Luke and book of Acts. And that's why in the early chapters of the book of Acts, the word witnesses was repeated several times. Uh, witnesses of the work of the Lord, the teaching of the Lord, the resurrection of the Lord, as we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, verse 22, Acts 2, verse 32, Acts 3, verse 15, Acts 5, verse 32. So the word witnesses was a key word for St. Luke. The Lord commissioned them to be witnesses of his life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection. In the same manner, all of us also should be witnesses for the Lord. They are the testimonies of his mercy and his love. And they should live in this way to be witnesses that others may be brought to see and love the Savior.
Then he told them in verse 49, Behold, I sent the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with uh, power from Onha. They could not do the work of the Lord that he called them to do unless they received power from on high. This power they received when the Holy Spirit came upon them. He asked them not to leave Jerusalem until they receive the power and then they can start their mission. And between his ascension and receiving uh, the Holy Spirit was 10 days. So he told them, don't start their witnessing uh, until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. He told them, I send the promise of my Father upon you. It is the promise of the Father uh, that he will send the Holy Spirit during the time of the Messiah, as we read in Isaiah 44, verse 3. That is the promise of the Father. And this was clear to them from the conversation he had with, with them on Covenant Thursday, after he gave them his body and his blood. He told them, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. John 14 from verse 16 and 17. Verse 15. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So Jesus continued to appear to his people for 40 days following his resurrection. Eventually came the day when he would ascend to heaven. And this happened after 40 days, on the 40th day of his resurrection. And we know that the traditional scene of ascension is Mount of Olives. But here actually we read he took them to Bethany. There is no contradiction because the Mount of Olives was within the boundaries of Bethany. He, he did not ascend from the village of Bethany, but from the mount which belonged to Bethany. And there in this mount the Lord often prayed and from this mount he ascended into the heaven. Bethany means house of suffering. And this was the garden in which his suffering began. He was in his agony there when he was arrested and he prayed. Those, so there is a nice meaning here between the meaning of the word Bethany and ascension to heaven. 
So those who would go to heaven must ascend from the house of suffering and sorrow. We need to suffer with him to be glorified with him. The disciples did not see the moment of resurrection because resurrection could be proved later by seeing him alive after his resurrection. But the Lord allowed them to see his ascension because they could not otherwise have proof of his ascension if they could not see his ascension to heaven. And he stretched his hand and blessed them. All his blessing come from his hands. He left them in love and he left a blessing behind him. And the act, this book of Acts describe the ascension. While they watched it, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. What is surprising is that the disciples did not grieve over the Lord's ascension. Actually, he, his being physically uh, with them is not anymore. Now he is separated from them physically. But we read that they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. It shows their faith in the promise of his spiritual presence. He told them, I am with you all the days and unto the end of the ages. So they believed that his ascension will not separate him from them. And as we say in our hymnology, in our hymns, Emmanuel, our God, is now in our midst with the glory of his Father and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and they went from Jerusalem to the upper room, from, sorry, the Mount of Olives to the upper room in Jerusalem, and they continued to prayer. Not only the eleven, but there were plenty. Uh, in the upper room, the Lord held the Last Supper, and they were staying. The Lord appeared to them after resurrection upper room, and they stayed there the ten days. Not only the eleven, but as we read in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, the apostles, men and women, disciples, Virgin Mary, Jesus, kinsmen, remained in prayer, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. But St. Luke says that they were in the temple. So, continually in the temple. Is there a contradiction between being in the upper room and being in the temple? No. This shows the wonderful result of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in the disciples' life. The people who were in the upper room were almost 120 disciples. They were in continuous prayer during these days between Ascension and the Pentecost. But they used to go to the temple during the time of prayer and then return back to the upper room. And the word, they worshipped him, they worshipped him because he believed he is God. Their faith now came to its highest. They no longer look upon him as one sent by God, messenger from God, a great prophet, son of David, the promised Messiah. 
Now they believe him to be the eternal son of God. Uh, and the, the proof that he is the eternal son of God was his resurrection and his ascension into the heaven before their eyes. The Lord told them, go back to Jerusalem until you receive power from high. They were obedient and went back to Jerusalem. And they left as public followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fear is gone. They were not afraid. They could not hide their love and worship toward him. And the word continually in the temple means at the hour of worship. When the temple was open, otherwise they were in the upper room. And by going frequently to the temple, uh, the disciples remained faithful to the Lord's command beginning at Jerusalem. Start from Jerusalem. And in the temple, because the Lord referred to the temple uh, as my father's house, so they appreciated the church. This indicates that they were not in the routine of common life, going, for example, to the sea to catch fish, coming back to the upper room. No. During these 10 days, they were either in the upper room praying or uh, in the temple in fervent expectation of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And they went to the temple because the the Lord referred to the temple, my father's house. And this should uh, explain to us the importance of coming to the church, which is the house of God, the house of the Father. This actually concludes chapter 24 and concludes the book or the gospel of Luke. Glory be to God forever mean as I said I will give quick summary in Arabic for these verses. Uh, ليس هو هنا لكنه قام كما قال لكم وبعد كده لوقا بيحكي لنا القصة بتاعت ظهوره سوري سيد المسيح لتلميزاي عمواس ولوقا هو الوحيد اللي ذكر القصة دي كانوا اثنين راحين لعمواس والسيد المسيح ظهر هما ما عرفوهوش في الاول فقال لهم انتوا بتتكلموا على ايه قالوا له هو انت بس الغريب في أرشاليم ما انت مش دريان حاصل ده فقعدوا يقولوا له ده يسوع النصيري ده كان إنسان مقتدر في القول والفعل ولكن بحسدوره أساء كهنة وسلموه ومات وبعد كده إحنا كان عندنا رجاء إن هو ده المزمع أن يخلص أرشاليم ولكن النهاردة الصبحية بعض النساء قالوا إنهم رأوا رؤية ورأوا ملايكة والبعض بيقولوا إن هو قام بس إحنا مش عارفين مطلق بطينيا فابتدى سيد المسيح يشرح لهم من موسى يعني الأسفار بتاعت موسى والأنبياء كل النبوات وكل ما تعلق به في العهد القديم وواضح لما سيد المسيح كان بيتكلم 
كان قلبهم مشتعل بالنار بس ما كانوش عارفين ان هو ده السيد المسيح بعد كده يقول ثم اقتربوا الى القريه لقريه عنواس التي كان منطلقين اليها ودي سبع ميل تبعد عن اورشليم وهو تظاهر كانه منطلق الى مكان ابعد ليه ربنا كان عايز يشوفهم هل هم عايزينه ولا لا هو مش عايز يفرض نفسه عليهم كان عايز يعرف برضه تاثير الشرح اللي قاله من موسى والانبياء هل ده اثر فيهم ولا لا طبعا ربنا فحص قلوبهم كله هو عارف بس عايز يرسل لنا رساله ان ربنا مش هيفرض نفسه علينا لازم احنا نبحث عنه باجتهاد ولازم احنا نطلبه من كل قلوبنا ان يجي ويمكث معنا زي ما التلميذين دول ولما نطلب ربنا ان يجي يمكث معنا ربنا هيمكث معنا قال كده انا واقف على الباب واقرع ان فتح لي احد ادخل اليه واتعشى معه وهما وما بقى التلميذين دول كان قلبهم مشتعل بالنار فالزمان يعني قالوا له مش هتمشي مش هتمشي قائلين امكث معنا لانه نحو المساء الدنيا ابتدت تليل وقد مال النهار فدخل اليمكث معهم وابتدوا يجهزوا اكل وياكلوا مع السيد المسيح فلما اتكأ معهما اخذ خبزا وبارك وقصر وناولهم قديس يوحنا ذايب الفم قديس اغسطينوس بيقولوا ان دي تناول سر الافخارستيه لكن الباقيين بيقولوا لا مش تناول بقيه الاباء يعني بيقولوا ان ده تناول لان كلمه كسر الخبز دي كلمه في العصور الاولى او في القرن الاول كان دايما بترمز او تشير الى التناول يعني لما تقرا في سفر الاعمال في كلمتين كانوا يتناولون الطعام بابتهاج وفرح قلب ده على الطعام العادي انما يقولوا وكانوا مواظبين على تعليم الرسل وكسر الخبز كسر الخبز يبقى معناها التناول ده اللي خلى قديس يوحنا ذيب الفم والقديس اغسطينس يقول ان دي كان تناول لكن الباقيين يقولوا ان ده مش تناول بيقولوا ان ما قالش مثلا كلمه انه اخذ كاس وناولهم ده كل هنا اخذ خبز وحكايه ان هو بارك وكسر ما المسيح عمل كده في الخمس خبزات سمكتين اخذ خبز وبارك وكسر فالرايين موجودين يعني لكن مش هي القضيه يقول فانفتحت اعينهما وعرفا ثم اختفى عنهم ربنا بقى شال الحجاب اللي كان على العين ده البرع اللي كان على عينيه ويعرفوه وقت ما هو كان بيكسر الخبز وبياكلهم عرفوا في اللحظه دي ان هو ده ربنا اول ما عرفوه خلاص الظهور ده انتهى لان كان الظهور ده سببه انه يشرح لهم النبوات اللي جت بخصوص قيامته والامه وتجسده وان هم يتاكدوا من حقيقه قيامته خلاص الهدف من الظهور انتهى عشان كده اختفى عنهم فجاه اول ما اختفى عنهم فقال بعضهم لبعض الم يكن قلبنا ملتهبا فينا اذ كان يكلمنا في الطريق ويوضح لنا الكتب 
دايما كلمة ربنا لما تخش القلب أكنها كده سهام تخلي القلب ملتهب مليان بالغيرة يقولك فنخسوا عندما سمعوا الكلمة كلمة ربنا تنخس القلب خصوصا لو إحنا فتحين قلبنا لسماع كلمة ربنا عملوا إيه بقى ما ضيعوش وقت قالوا يبقى المسيح قام بجد الناس ولا قالوا إن المسيح قام فقام في تلك الساعة ورجع إلى أورشليم أنا قلت لك المشوار إيه سبعة ميل وكانت الدنيا ليلت إنما فرحة القيامة وفرحة لما شاف المسيح ادت لهم طاقة الطاقة دي خليتهم يرجعوا أورشليم على طول ويربما الوقت اللي خدوه في الرجوع كان أقصر من الوقت اللي خدوه هم ماشيين هم ماشيين بقى لسه متحيرين مش عارفين المسيح قام ولا ما قامش لكن هم راجعين بقى مليانين بطاقة وحرارة فرجعوا بسرعة عشان يبلغوا الأخبار المفرحة بتاعت القيامة للرسل الأحد عشر ووجد الأحد عشر مجتمعين وهم والذين معه لو مجتمعين في العلية التلميزين جايبين خبر قيامة المسيح وهم داخلين لقوا ان الرسل بيقولوا لهم ان الرب قام بالحقيقة وظهر لسمعان لان كان المسيح ظهر لمريم المجدلية في اليوم ده ظهر لسمعان بطرس ف الأخبار بتاعت القيامة كانت موجودة وربما اللي قال لهم أن الرب قام بالحقيقة ديا سمعان بطرس هو اللي قال لهم ومن هنا جت التهنئة بعيد القيامة نقول المسيح قام بالحقيقة دي قام لأن هو ده هم لما دخلوا التلميزين كان إيه التحية الرب قام بالحقيقة وظهر السمعان راحوا التلميزين عمواس قالوا لهم ده برضو أحكي لكم اللي حصل لنا ده وإحنا في الطريق أما هما فكانوا يخبران بما حدث في الطريق وكيف عرفاه أنت كسر الخبز فهنا حصل تأكيد متبادل على حقيقة القيامة التلميزي عمواس أكدوا حقيقة القيامة للتلاميذ والتلاميذ أكدوا حقيقة القيامة للتلميزي عمواس زي ما قلت لكم يوحنا زيبيل فم وغسينس بيقولوا ان ده تناول فهنا في حاجة جميلة بيقول وكيف عرفاء عند كسر الخبز في التناول لما بنتقدم لربنا بقل نقي وتوبة حقيقية كل مرة بنتناول بيحصل نوع من انواع الاعلان الله يعلن لنا حاجة جديدة عن نفسه في سر التناول فهنا في ربط قوي ما بين معرفة الله وما بين التناول لما بنتقدم للتناول أعيننا بتنفتح لمعرفة الله حاجة بقى جميلة بينما وفيما هم يتكلمون بهذا وقف يسوع نفسه في وسطهم وقال سلام لكم لسه بتكلموا المسيح قام المسيح قام لقوا المسيح واقف والأبواب مغلقة طبعا الظهور المفاجئ ده 
يخوف فأول حاجة المسيح قال لهم السلام لكم دي ما يعني برغم دي كانت تحية يهودية السلام لك لكن هنا لها معنى تاني أولا كلمة السلام لما بتخرج من فم ربنا بتنزع كل خوف من قلب الإنسان أيضا سلام لكم لأن بعد القيامة حصل مصالحة بيننا وبين الله وبين الإنسان وأخيه وما بين الإنسان ونفسه سلام لكم فجزعوا وخافوا وظنوا أنهم نظروا روحه قالوا إيه ده طب إزاي دخل والباب مقفول يبقى ده روح يبقى ده روح ده ظهور زي ما حد مثلا لما العضلة بتظهر أو ما رجلكز يظهر فده ظهور روح مش مش ظهور بالجسد لأن القيامة ما حصلتش للقدسين يعني فقالوا ده روح فهنا ربنا بقى كان عايز يؤكد لهم لا هو قام بجسده جسده اللي أخده من العضلة مريم اللي عاش بيه طول حياته اللي اتصلم على الصليب اللي اتدفن في الأب هو نفس الجسد فرح قال لهم دمت من الصبحية عملين تتكلموا على القيامة والنسوة أكدت لكم القيامة وبطرس أكد لكم القيامة وتلمزاي عمواس أكد لكم القيامة ما بالكم مضطربين ولماذا تخطر أفكار في قلوبكم طيب تعال عشان أكد لكم أن أنا هو انظروا يدي ورجلي شايفين الجراح دي طب هو الروح بيبقى عنده جراح بصوا شوفوا شوفوا الطعم إني أنا هو طيب جسوني تعالوا المسوني وانظروا فإن الروح ليس له لحم وعظام كما ترون لي أنا عايزكم تبقوا مؤمنين لأن أنتوا تبقوا الشهود بتوعه تعالوا شوفوا الجروح جراحات تعالوا شوفوا امسكوني وشوفوا اللحم والعظم بتاعي لأن الروح ليس له لحم وعظم ربنا احتفظ بجراحاته لأن الجراح دي علامة الحب ولكي ما يثبت أنه هو قام بنفس الجسد اللي اتصلب ولأنه يشفع فينا أمام الله الآب بجراحاته وبدمه زي ما بولس الذكر في رمية 8 وأيضا هذه الجراحات ستدين الأشرار الذين لم يؤمنوا به ولما قال الكلام ده أراهم يديه ورجليه بالرغم من كل ده برضو كان لسه مش مصدقين وبينما هم غير مصدقين من الفرح ومتعجبون يعني مشاعر مختلطة متلخبطة شوية يصدقوا فرحانين لما شافوا يسوع وقال كده لا مش مصدقين متعجبين اللي بيحصل فربنا عايز يعمل تأكيد أكتر وأكتر إنه قام بجسده من الموت فقال لهم عندكم هنا طعام طب هاكل معاكم علشان تشوفوا إن أنا فعلا قايم بجسدي هم صيدين سمك فكان دائما عندهم سمك والمنطقة اللي هناك منطقة كنعان دول أرض طفيد لبنا وعسلا كان العسل أكل الفقراء 
موجود هناك كتير لأن يعني النحل بيكونه خلاص فنولوا جزءا من سمك مشوي وشيئا من شهب عسل فأخذ وأكل قدامه جسد القيامة مش محتاج يأكل والمسيح ما كانش يعني جوعان ومحتاج يأكل لكن أكل علشان يثبت قيامته بجسد قيامته جسديا مش كده البابا شنودة كان يقول ان المعجزة اللي عملها السيد المسيح بعد القيامة مش انه دخلوا الابواب مغلقة لان ده ممكن لجسد القيامة انما المعجزة الحقيقية انه اكل لان جسد القيامة لا يأكل فهنا اكل علشان يؤكد لهم حقيقة قيامته بالجسد وابتدى بقى يشرح لهم يقولهم تلي مش مصدقين هذا هو الكلام الذي كلمتكم به وأنا بعد معكم طول الثلاث سنين دولة كنت بشرح لكم أن لازم المسيح ده المسيا يتصلب ويموت ويقوم في اليوم الثالث أنه لابد أن يتم جميع ما هو مكتوب عني في ناموس موسى والأنبياء والمزمين كان يقسموا العهد القديم لثلاثة سيكشن ثلاثة أقسام الناموس الأنبياء والمزامير وفعلا في الناموس وفي الأنبياء وفي المزامير في نبوات ورموز لكل حياة السيد المسيح وواضح أن الديور خلال خدمة المسيح في الثلاث سنين كان بشرحهم الكلام ده بس لسه ما كانوش فاهمين كان صعب أن هم مش كده في آية جميلة حينائز فتح ذهنهم ليفهموا الكتب ياريت قبل ما نقرأ الكتاب المقدس وأنا نسمع الكتاب المقدس نقول يا رب افتح ذهني عشان أفهم الكتاب زي ما فتحت ذهن التلاميذ افتح يا رب ذهني دين الاستنارة عشان أفهم الكتاب المقدس طيب ايه السمري ايه الملخص اللي المسيح عايز يقرأهم الملخص ده موجود في الآيات دي وقال لهم هكذا هو مكتوب وهكذا كان ينبغي أول حاجة أن المسيح يتألم يعني الصليب ده ما كانش صدفة ده كان خطة الله منذ الأذل ومن قبل الأذل ليخلص بالإنسان قبل الألم بإرادته وسلطانه وحده تاني حاجة ويقوم من بين الأموات في اليوم الثالث ينبغي يعني دي خطة لخلاص البشرية الصليب والقيامة دولة حاجتين مهمين جدا جدا من أجل خلاصنا الحاجة الثالثة وأن يكرز باسمه بالتوبة ومغفرة الخطايا لجميع الأمم إن الحدث ده لابد أن يعلن لكل الأمم لكل الناس لأن ربنا ما جاش بس لليهود جيل كل العالم عايز يخلص العالم كله فالكرازة بالصليب وبالقيامة لابد أن تصل إلى جميع العالم اذهبوا أكرزوا بالإنجيل للخليقة كلها رد فعلنا بهذه الكرازة هي التوبة لأن ربنا متوقعه مننا ولما هنتوب الخطايا المغفرة على الصليب تمت هناخدها بالتوبة وقالهم ابتدوا من أرشالين ليه ابتدوا من أرشالين النبوات قالت أن الكرازة تبتدي من أرشالين زي ما ذكر في أشعين أيضا أرشالين هم كانوا موجودين هنا فالواحد يبتدي من 
المنطقة اللي جنبه يعني ما ينفعش واحد مثلا يسيب أسرته بعيدة عن ربنا ورايح مثلا يخدم تبتدي في الأول أورشليم بالنسبة لك هي أسرته الحاجة الثالثة أن أورشليم الأحداث كلها حصلت في أورشليم فمثلا الرسل لما يقول المسيح آن المسيح صعد الناس بقى اللي عايشين في أورشليم لو هما الرسل بيكذبوا يقدروا يبينوا الكذب بتاعهم عندما علشان يؤكد أن ما حدث هو حقيقة يعني هما لو راحوا مثلا ما بشرش في أورشليم وراحوا يبشروا في حتة زي مثلا مصر في الأول طيب منين هيتأكدوا أن الأحداث دي حصل لكن لما بتدف أورشليم أرض الواقع اللي حصل عليها كل الأحداث دي يبقى إذا ده يساعد في تأكيد حقيقة حياة المسيح وصلب وقيامته وصعود أيضا لأن زي ما ربنا قال اليهود دولت إسرائيل ابن البكر فربنا كان عايز برضو أن الرسالة تأتي لإسرائيل رغم أنهم لصلبوه لكن ربنا عايز أن أرشلين برضو واليهود يؤمنوا ولهم أنتم شهود لذلك كلنا شهود مش بس الرسول كلنا لما بنتعمد أخذنا مسؤولية أن احنا نشهد للمسيح نشهد بصليبه نشهد بقيامته نكرز باسمه عشان الناس تتوب ويناله مغفرة الخطايا لكن هذا العمل الكرازة ما نعرفش نعمله لوحدنا محتاجين قوة مش كده قال لهم أنا أرسل إليكم موعد أبي مين موعد أبي ده؟ الروح القدس زي ما يوم خميس العهد بعد التناول قال لهم وأنا أطلب من الآب لكي يرسل لكم معزيا الروح القدس الذي من عند الآب ينبثق الروح القدس ده هيديني قوة يسكن فيا ومن خلال عمل الروح القدس أخذ القوة اللي أنا عايزها عشان أكرز باسم المسيح لهم أقيموا في مدينة أورشليم إلى أن تلبسوا قوة من الأعالي هي قوة الروح القدس مش كده الروح القدس نزل على هي السنة نارية السنة عشان يتكلموا ويكرزوا ونارية عشان تبقى بقوة بعد كده المسيح أخرجهم إلى بيت عانية ورفع يديه وباركه احنا عارفين أن الصعود حصل من جبل الزيتون جبل الزيتون جزء من الجبل موجود في بيت عدو فيقصد أن المسيح صعد من جزء جبل الزيتون اللي هو داخل بيت عانية بيت عانية معناه بيت العناء وهنا في تأمل جميل إن عشان راح يصعد للسماء لابد إن هو يتألم من أجل المسيح إن كنا نتألم معه فإننا نتمجد معه مش كده الصعود حصل من بيت عنه وآخر حاجة سبهلهم المسيح كانت البركة رفع إيديه وباركه وفيما هو يباركهم انفرد عنهم وأصعد إلى السماء زي ما نعرف سفر الأعمال جت سحابة وخدت المسيح واختفى كنا نتوقع أن الرسل يزعاد ويحزن أن خلاص مش هيشوفوا المسيح تاني معاه لكن نقول سجدوا له 
السجود هنا سجود عبادة سجدوا له لأن هما هنا فأمنوا أن هو ده الله مش مجرد ابن داود مش مجرد نبي عظيم إنما هو الله بالحقيقة فسجدوا له سجود عبادة هو ابن الله الأزلي الذي في ملء الزمان أخذ جسدا من أجل خلاصنا ورجعوا إلى رشيد فرح عظيم لأنه عارفين أن هذا الصعود مش هيبعدهم عن ربنا دوعتهم زي نعرف في إنجيل متى ها أنا معكم كل الأيام وإلى انقضاء الله فالله ما زال معنا إحنا في الحنة نقول عما نقول إلهنا في وسطنا الآن بمجد أبيه والروح القدس عشان كده لم يحزنوا المسيح لما قام ما قامش بصد التلاميذ لأن ممكن نثبت حقيقة القيامة من صوراته بعد كده إنما لو لو صعد لوحده كنا نقدر نعرف منين حدث الصعود أو نثبته عشان كده السيد المسيح صعد أمام مجموعة وليس شخص واحد من التلاميذ عشان يبقوا شهود عيان لصعوده إلى السماء المسيح قال لهم ما تبرحوش أرشالين وكانوا كل حين في الهيكل يسبحون ويباركون الله أمين أعدوا العشر أيام ما بين الصعود وحلول الروح القدس في حالة صلاة كان كلمة في الهيكل هنا أكيد تذكروا لما سيد المسيح سمى الهيكل بيت أبي لا تجعلوا بيت أبي بالتجارة فكانوا يبقوا فرحانين يروحوا الهيكل فرحانين يروحوا الكنيسة ولكن ما رجعوش لحياتهم العادية ما رجعوش يصدوا سمك كان حياتهم في العشر أيام دي في العلية بيصلوا وقت ما يكون الهيكل مفتوح يروح يحضروا الصلوات في الهيكل ورجعوا تاني للعلية قدوا عشر أيام في حالة من الصلاة في انتظار حلول الروح القدس عليه ده نهاية إصحاح 24 من جلوقة لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين